0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We continue our countdown to the 2023-24 20, NHL season, and we continue to look at our Pacific Division rivals, Erica L Ayala, joining us, the host of Locked On Kraken, next on Locked On LA Kings. Hey Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube, but please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years. And, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We're continuing to count down to opening night in the National Hockey League, and we continue our previews of our rivals from the Pacific Division. Today, a look at the Seattle Kraken. And for that, we welcome in the host of Locked On, Kraken, that is Erica L. Ayala. Hey, Erica, thanks for joining us. How you been?
1: I've been well. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Eddie. I'm here in Seattle for uh, training camp. We just had our first uh, preseason game at the day that we're recording. So, um, you know, it's it's hockey season again. Can't be uh, more thrilled.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Good to talk about actual games uh, that are going to be taking place and seeing things that develop. You never know what the story's going to be, and the Seattle Kraken are certainly a perfect example of that from last season. One of the biggest surprises in the NHL. Uh, struggled their inaugural season with then year two, make the playoffs, 100-point season, and then you get in the playoffs, you upset the Colorado Avalanche in the first round in a seven-game series, and then they push uh, the Dallas Stars to a seven-game series in round number two. Uh, how much did last season really kind of uh, get the attention of the Seattle sports fans and kind of energize the organization uh, going forward here.
1: You know, I think that Seattle sports fans, um, they were endeared by the team in season one. I think it it definitely expanded anytime you can make a postseason run. That's exciting, especially given what some of the other Seattle sports teams were doing. The Seattle Storm had made a push, but we knew it was the last gasp with Sue Bird retiring and they didn't have a great year this year. The Mariners were, you know, in the last two seasons, they just fell just shy and then made uh, the playoffs, but it was a short stint. So I think the excitement of another Seattle sports team um, being able to make a playoff run was really exciting. It was interesting, though, last night at our uh, preseason game split squad with Calgary, so half of the team in uh, Calgary, half of the team here, that our AHL team that made a run all the way to the Calder Cup finals overtime in game seven and then lost uh, to the Hershey Bears. It was interesting to hear that team and that franchise really get locals on board in their first year making that deep playoff run. So I do think that overall throughout the entire organization um again making playoff runs is is always helpful. And so um I think it's it it's a, a little bit of pressure for the guys that are returning, but they also Want to make good on that pressure. they They want to be able to show fans that have been loyal and fans that they won over because they made a playoff run that it's not a fluke. And that's what this season is going to be all about,
0: yeah, you're talking about the Coachella Valley Firebirds, not too far from from Los Angeles that had a great season last year, their first season uh, in the AHL. So the narrative I'm hearing for the crack, and I'm sure you're hearing it too, is that, you know, this team, you know, is not going to sneak up on anyone this year. Everything kind of went right for him last year. Uh, do you think that narrative is accurate or or not?
1: Well, I think just generally in sports, right? It, you know, if, if someone smacks you in the mouth, the one time you get taken by surprise and you're not likely to to want to get smacked again. So um, I think that there is something broadly speaking, generally speaking, that yes, th- that the the Seattle Kraken are not going to take anyone by surprise. I think also... What was most surprising, perhaps, even to myself watching the team, was how well our fourth line performed. But if you look at who were the mainstays on our fourth line, none of them are on this Seattle Kraken team. So on the one hand, you have everyone kind of not being surprised by the Seattle Kraken. It was Jared McCann on the first day of training camp. He said, yeah, I I did feel as though early on, you know, people didn't maybe give us their, their... full attention a hundred percent on the ice, but they couldn't do that the next time they saw us. So no one's gonna be taking them lightly. It's the same thing with our Calder award winner, right? No one's gonna be taking Maddie Beniers lightly. So there has to be a leveling up. Um you know and I know we'll get into this a little bit, but we also have to take into consideration that other teams in the Pacific Division and certainly throughout the entire NHL have made trades. They have uh there are retirements um and also Kinds of other moves that are going to make every team a little bit different. So, as much as you can say it's a narrative for the Seattle Kraken, I think honestly it's just a restart, right? We're in a brand new season, so there's a little bit of a feeling out period that's going to happen. The difference with the Seattle Kraken this year is that we have a pretty strong schedule to open the season, so there's a lot that has to be done right now with the team, and that's why I've, I've said on Locked on Kraken this has to be the most competitive training camp that the the franchise has ever seen and there are a few guys that are, are fighting for spots so we'll see if that pays dividends as we take on Vegas you know Nashville Colorado and the like early on
0: you mentioned Jared McCann he led the Kraken with 70 points and that was tied for 59th in the league for your leading score however Seattle also had 13 different players score 33 points or more So you certainly had maybe no big superstar, but a lot of cast of characters that can get it done. I wonder, though, is there a thought in Seattle that ultimately to get to where you want to be, the Kraken are going to have to go out and get a big time player to kind of build, not build around, but kind of lead the way, so to speak.
1: Yeah, we talk about this a lot on Locked on Kraken, and there are a few things that I would say to that. One is that Jared McCann ended the season as our leading point scorer because Andre Burakovsky, who was our leading scorer, went down with injury. And we also spoke to Andre Burakovsky at training camp, and he talked about, you know, when you have a a bone break, right, it's pretty clear cut, you know, how long you're going to be out. Bone heals up, you're good to go, and you come back. When you have something that's more muscle, muscle, excuse me, or tissue related, he had he told us three setbacks. So that this is a Seattle Kraken team that's hoping to get Andre Burakovsky back healthy. He did not suit up for either one of our split squads. So there was a again a team in Calgary, a team at Climate Pledge Arena, and so that's one thing. The second thing is. Are we going to get 70 points or better from Jared McCann? Who knows? I think we we have potential to Jared McCann is definitely a player who's been motivated to play a different role with the Seattle crack. And he's the first player that we signed to an extension. Again, he was our leading point scorer last year. He went down with a gnarly injury in the postseason, And so only got a little bit of a taste, um, of that first series. So, you know, I think that he's going to come motivated. But to answer the, the latter part of the question, Again, I on Locked On Kraken have been wanting us to go and fish, you know, no pun intended, for a superstar. If you look at how other teams are built, and they're built for success over time, some of that you can go through the farm system. And I think we are waiting to see what Maddie Beniers will be, or waiting to see what Shane Wright will be. We have some other young guys who could potentially be that, but we also saw the Seattle Kraken, I think starting to bridge the gap with some veterans, veterans like Justin Schultz. I mentioned Burakovsky, but also bringing in Oliver Bjorkstrand. I mean, you have Vince Dunn. These are, these are names along with Philip Grubauer who have won Stanley cups. And that's important as well, but to get, to that next level, right? To, as you said, our highest goal scorer or point scorer was middle of the pack, you know, effectively um, when it comes to other NHL individual players and teams. So there is more that has to be done. I have always said we're in a three to five year rebuild. So I don't think, and we didn't, if I'm being honest, make those moves in the off season, But I think if we don't see the results that we want, and again, the schedule, I think, could play a little bit of a factor in this. If we don't see the results that we want, the trade deadline could be very interesting because for me, everything that Ron Francis, our general manager, has been saying, again, is to be in that three to five year, but also once we're a playoff contender, to continue. To remain a playoff contender. So now you have you're starting what we believe to be the growth period, but you also maybe arrived a little bit earlier in the playoffs than anticipated. So, how do we now manage what is the timeline that we're dealing with and not kind of the projections? So I think we still do need that superstar. I think that it's n- it's not likely to come before free agency next this next offseason. That being said, if Ron Francis and company like the market or can make something work with the market and they feel that they need some fresh blood, I think they'll be willing, more willing than they were in the past to make moves.
0: We'll talk a little bit more about the Seattle Kraken with Erica L. Ayala, the host of Locked on Kraken, and get her thoughts on the LA Kings a bit. We'll do that in just a second here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Do want to let you know, though, that uh, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Step into the action this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. We have more with Erica Ayala, the host of Locked on Crack. and A little bit more about the Seattle Crack. And they didn't do a lot, Erica, in the offseason. Kind of feeling like um, running it back with pretty much the same group. Do you think that that's good enough to get the same result this season?
1: Our first – my honest answer is I don't know. I mentioned in our first segment that um, – we, we kind of lost our fourth line who for a while in, in last season, they were kind of the offense. I mean, you know, the, the rest of the offense was following their lead, which you don't usually see. So, you know, we did a little mathematics, easy math when it comes to uh, our fourth line. So that's, we lost Daniel Sprong to Detroit. Um, Morgan Geeky is with Boston and then Ryan Donato in Chicago. And if you just go, you know, goal for goal, point for point, the Seattle Kraken in what they lost and what they brought in just based on last year's numbers, we don't. Equal up the goals that we had on the fourth line, so that's a little concerning. But again, Burakovsky was hurt. Kyler Yamamoto has not been healthy, and he's someone that we brought in. Oliver Bjorkstrand, I talked to him earlier um, this week at training camp. He knew that although he considers himself a little bit of a late starter, likes to get into the groove a little later in in the season, it took him a little while longer than usual to get settled with the Seattle Kraken. So it's kind of a lot of. Uh, again it it's math uh that that we don't know if it's if it's going to level out um so again but the real answer, if I had to say, is I don't know. I think the opportunity, if I want to be optimistic, is that there are some guys who either know that they can perform better or that are expecting to perform better now that they're healthy. If I'm a little more pessimistic, it goes back to what we talked about before, not having maybe a true bonafide superstar on the team. So you kind of have to go by committee. That being said, that the Seattle Kraken were able to figure that out uh, throughout the Seattle season last year and by committee worked for them. So, uh, and, and a lot of guys who are coming to the team, whether you're talking, um, you know, Belmar, I've mentioned Yamamoto a few times, you know, Brian Dumoulin, they, they know that about the Seattle Kraken and, and they're buying into it's all hands on deck, do what you can do to win games. So it's a little bit of a toss up, uh, but I said that about last year's team and they figured it out. So I'm hopeful that we've laid a strong enough foundation where we're really focused on aggressive checking uh, in all three zones, focusing on possession, that we're really shoring up defensively so that we're not putting Philip Grubauer and whoever our second goalie will be <laughs> um, um under so much pressure. So, uh, I guess it's a little bit of a wait and see. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be a real opportunity for, for guys to step up. And again, if they don't, I think that Ron Francis will be ready to make some moves at the trade deadline.
0: Well, we mentioned, you know, maybe no real superstar, but maybe there could be one. And that's of course, reigning rookie of the year, Maddie Bernier, you mentioned him, uh, a, a, a moment ago. Um, you know what's the potential for growth there, and what are the expectations like for season two for him?
1: And that's the thing about Matty Beniers. Talk about this on Locked On Kraken all the time. He's so smart. He learns. It, it. I'm not exaggerating when I say it almost feels like he learns every minute of every day. We, again, have had some training camp, scrimmages. We've had a preseason game, and his IQ is there. Um, he's gotten, from my eye test, he's gotten stronger. I think he got bullied around, including, you know, he had an unfortunate concussion that kept him out of the All-Star game. Uh, in the playoffs, teams were able to target him and, quite honestly, Jared McCann, which, of course, went a little overboard with his injury also uh you know a concussion if i had to guess it hasn't officially been announced as such but um you know i i think that there's a lot of potential there and again no one's going to be taken by surprise uh with maddie benears there i've read articles you know that just because you win a calder doesn't mean you're going to be a bona fide superstar in the nhl i mean we could list names that 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 uh have proven that. But Maddie's just so smart. He's so intelligent and he really respects the game. And I have a feeling that he's going to find a way to be the type of player uh, that this team needs. And yes, he's the closest if I had to guess to a superstar. And I think Shane Wright had a very weird season last year. A very I was weird... actually going to ask
0: you that was my yeah. next question about Shane Wright. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: knew it was going to come up. A yeah. very weird season. A very weird and dramatic draft.
0: Real quick, for for people that don't know Erica, Shane Wright was thought to be perhaps the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. He ended up sliding to number four to the Kraken and he spent pretty much all of last year in the AHL. My question was, what is the plan for him this season?
1: Yeah, and just to boot a a little more context, so he was with the Seattle Kraken in the NHL for a number of of games uh, because of just all of the different agreements that are in place with junior hockey and and things of that nature because of his age, and so there was a lot of fodder when it came to he's with the NHL team, but he's healthy scratch. He's not suiting up for NHL games, and Was he going to stay on the team? Would he get an exemption so that he could be with Coachella Valley for the full season last year? That didn't happen. And we have a little of that trickle over. So once his junior hockey season ended, Shane Wright did play with the Coachella Valley Firebirds that I mentioned made it all the way to the Calder Cup finals. And he played steady minutes with, uh, the AHL squad Th- this year, he did get an exemption. He was like one game shy of, of the, of the amount of games he needed at the AHL or NHL level, um, at his age before he could, you know, if he doesn't make the NHL team this year, then he could go to Coachella Valley. So we got that out of the way. He's not going back to junior hockey. So no more of that drama. I do think he ends up for the majority of the year in the AHL. And I think that is what will be best for him. The AHL, our Firebird squad, even yesterday, most of them were in uh, Calgary. And if you look at the penalties, especially in the second period, you can kind of get a feel for how our AHL team plays. They're gritty. They don't take mess. They're fast. But they're also a little bit immature. And if anything, Shane writes, he anchors that team. He steadies and and really plays a great leadership role there. So I kind of like him there um, for the AHL. And I do think that's where he'll end up, but he's gaining that leadership in the AHL. He's getting stronger, just like Maddie Beniers. He can be another great centerman for us. So while I don't see the future of Shane Wright, it, at least the immediate future being in the NHL or starting with the NHL, I like that we know we're going to have him with the Firebirds. I like that he has come back so much more mature, just like Maddie Beniers, what I said about Maddie. He He's very intelligent on the ice. His IQ is just off the charts, always learning. So that's my take on those two. So not quite ready to be tried and true elite level superstars, but they'll definitely be more than serviceable for the Seattle Kraken and or in Shane Wright's case, the Coachella Valley Firebirds.
0: Now, I know you are locked on Kraken, but uh, I did want to get your opinion on the LA Kings uh, because we have a lot of different guests. We like to get a lot of different uh, feedback on what other people think about our team. Uh, We had a huge trade in the offseason getting Pierre-Luc Dubois from Winnipeg, sending off three players from our roster, Gabe Villardi, Alex Ayafalo, and Rasmus Kupari. Um, Is there anything looking at the Kings that you're impressed with? Anything you're not impressed with concerns thoughts on how strong they are just anything in general that you think about when you think about the LA Kings for this season
1: yeah well I'll I'll start with this I guess just generally I'm really jealous of squads that have like off-season moves to talk about <laughs> you know that are, are kind of like national NHL news because yeah. that's not the Seattle Kraken we're not there yet like I said the biggest national news outside of book talk oh my gosh which was so insane that i had to talk about that um, oh yes the
0: romance <laughs> novel thing right
1: Oh my gosh and alex winberg poor guy and like kudos to his family anyway we'll, we can yeah. do that if, on if, another- yeah
0: if you don't know google it it is a crazy well, story we'll, yeah.
1: we'll, we'll share that story on another <laughs> podcast but to your to your question about the kings um like I said, a little jealous of teams just generally speaking that have these blockbuster trades. As someone who comes from the women's hockey side, um, I and I know I knew of and covered Alex's sister, uh Julia Ayafalo. I-, I, I was a little sad to see him go, but that's just, you know, like a personal connection. But I think what I I've always known about the Kings, and when I'm asked to make, um, you know, Pacific Division predictions, which I'm sure we'll get to as well, the Kings are a team that I think the Seattle Kraken should look to. I they are a team that for me has had to figure out a way to balance their young talent because what do we know about the Pacific division in the last handful of years that there's been a decent amount of high draft picks, right? (laughs) And I think the Kings are one of those teams that has been able to not always get it perfect, but has really been um, trying to find their stride when it comes to balancing young talent, but also pumping in veterans. And we have kind of the the Vegas golden Knights model, uh, the Seattle crack, Kraken are super conservative, I think, just collecting all those uh, draft picks. Um, And then I think the Kings are in a place right now where they can realistically start pressing the right buttons, which for me makes them a top three team for sure in the Pacific Division and a team that the Seattle Kraken is going to have to chase if we want to be in the playoffs outright uh, and not in a wildcard spot again.
0: Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit about the Pacific Division, but let's do that here in just a moment. We wrap it up with Erica El-Ayal, the host of Locked on Kraken, here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked on NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. erica before last season there was a lot of talk about how the pacific division was maybe the worst division in hockey uh lo and behold the pacific puts four teams into the playoffs three of those four teams advanced in the playoffs the one that didn't was the kings because they played against another pacific division team and the stanley cup winners came from the pacific division so maybe the pacific not quite so bad as the experts (laughs) thought but that was last season now this season Uh, Do you think the Pacific gets four teams in? Could they even get five teams in to the playoffs this season?
1: Well, from where I'm sitting, I I sure like our chances if we get five more than if we get four. (laughs) I mean, and you talk about the Kings being the Pacific team to not advance, but I mean, like you said, taking on another Pacific division team. um, I think overall – i i i think it's a little a, a little greedy to say we'll get five i think that that will be in a pretty good position you know if, if everyone can really um kind of do what they did. And I'm really looking at Seattle because I do think we have to kind of pull up the rear of that top tier. Um, if, if I think if Seattle can can really um, get some things together, get I think we're really leaning in heavily on Andre Burakovsky being healthy and effective. Um, I think that does give us a, a, a really good chance. And I want us to be a contender where we're in clean outright and not having to worry about uh, a wild card. It is pouring rain. I don't know if you can hear that.
0: <laughs> I can. I can that's hear that.
1: Seattle. That's, that's Seattle. Right. Baby. Um, <laughs> that's Seattle, um, nice. So, yeah. So, that's what I think. I think, um, you know, the Kings, obviously, we had that wild game. Yes, <laughs> we did. Kings,
0: I was, was going to say the Seattle. Kings and Kraken. The Kings and Kraken don't have much of a history yet, but that was – I was at the game – Nine, eight overtime. That was the craziest game I've ever attended in person. So there is that one matchup (laughs) that we can talk about.
1: Yeah, that that is wild. That was a wild game. Um, But again, I think to me, that showed the grit and the fight that I see in these two Pacific Division teams. I do think that the Kings for me is just they're a step above and is, again, a team that we have to chase in the Pacific division. But I do think that it's a goal of ours. Um, You know, we, we had an opportunity to be in the top three in the Pacific division and we just couldn't get it done. We kind of fumbled at the end of the season after that amazing run on the road. And again, something we talk about a lot on locked on Kraken, but protecting home ice we've built, you know, and are in what is arguably one of the best kind of uh, uh, event venues in North America for sure um and and couldn't protect home ice. So I think that's going to be really important for us. I think Edmonton continues to be a great team. You know, I don't think we have to worry about them yet, but the Sharks obviously with new management kind of releasing some of that salary with the trade, um, you know, I I think that they're going to be a team that again is going to going to want a gun for us. So, um, you know, I I Oh, gosh. Right. And I guess I should probably talk about Vegas. I um, mm-hmm. <laughs> will see them, obviously, uh, for their home opener and their ring ceremony banner celebration. That's going to be amazing. Um, but I think Vegas is a team that for so long, the story with them has been that they're just kind of trying to throw everything right on the wall to try to be successful. I do wonder with them if they have the right recipe and if they're able to sustain it. Um, I think that's still a question that needs to be answered, but you know, who's to say, I don't think we can doubt them because again, they come in as reigning champions. So, Um, you know, uh, Calgary, I don't really know what to say about Calgary these days, you know, as we were coming into the division, they were in one place and then they swiftly fell out of that. So, um, I guess we have to see And the ducks, I think it's fair to say still have a lot of work to do. (laughs) So again, that three to five year plan coming from the Seattle Kraken perspective, if we're going to get To be a perennial playoff team, we have to do it now because we cannot rely on the quote unquote being in the quote unquote worst division any longer. Because I don't think that's going to be true very much longer if it is true at all, even today.
0: All right, that is Erica L. Ayala, the host of Locked on Kraken. Check her out on Twitter at eLindsay08 and also Locked on Kraken at Locked on Kraken. And of course, you can find her show in all the same wonderful places that you can find this show. Erica, great to, to talk to you. Thanks for your time. And we look uh, forward to seeing what the Kraken have to offer this season. And we'll follow you on Locked on Kraken all season long.
1: Oh, please do. And uh, we'll make sure to send some Kraken fans over there. And we got to make sure we, we do another one of these uh, as we come up to our time on the schedule.
0: Well, you remember last year we had a little four-team uh, <laughs> uh, roundtable uh, with sweet. the other hosts. That was fun. So we'll hopefully have one of those as well uh, coming Absolutely. up this season. Thanks All right, so Erica, much. stay dry, <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. All right, for you everydayers, those of you that watch and listen every day, coming up on Friday's show, of course, we'll have our weekly fan feedback show. And on Thursday's show, we're scheduled to be joined by L.A. Kings insider, Zach Dooley. We'll talk to him about his trip to Melbourne, Australia, where he saw close and personal the Kings' two global series games. Of course, if you have any questions you want to email, the email address is eddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And you can always leave your comments on the shows uh, on the YouTube episodes as well. And we'd love for you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and uh, Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go, Kings, go.